This is the AOS Career Podcast, part of the Bone Bee Orthopedic Podcast channel. The series is hosted by the chairs of the AOS Resident Assembly and features conversations on professional development and growth opportunities within the field of musculoskeletal healthcare. Welcome to today's episode of the AOS Career Podcast. In today's episode, we explore the AOS Resident Orthopedic Core Knowledge, also known as ROC. This program is a dynamic online learning environment designed to empower residents with core foundational knowledge needed to pass their boards, feel confident on their orthopedic and training exams, and be well-rounded orthopedic surgeons. So I'm so delighted to introduce our guest today, Dr. Paul Tornetta. He is the chief and chair of the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at Boston Medical Center, as well as a professor and residency program director in the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at Boston University School of Medicine. He's authored more than 250 peer-reviewed publications and is a lead editor of Rockwood & Green, a field standard in fracture care. In addition to his research and clinical care, Dr. Tonetta is a well-known educator who's won several Teacher of the Year awards while on faculty at BU. Within the AOS, Dr. Tonetta has served as chair of multiple committees, including the Council on Education, and is presently the AOS second vice president. So Dr. Tornetta, welcome to the Career Podcast. Thanks, Leanna. That sounds like I'm pretty busy. I don't know how I made time for this. I'm not sure how you made time for this either. That's a lot of things on your plate. It's a lot of things, but this is probably the most important, so I'm happy to talk about it. Well, I appreciate you saying that. So today we're going to talk about the recently released AOS Resident Orthopedic Core Knowledge Program, ROC. Before we talk about the ROC, I'd love to hear about your perspective on surgical and resident education. How did this become a passion of yours? I think most of us in academics went into academics because we like the team environment. We like to teach. And when I was a resident, I loved to learn from my senior residents and I like to teach the juniors. And I've always just found being challenged by residents is probably the most exciting part of my day. And I find it to be a lot of fun to be able to engage people who want to learn, to be able to see the lights go on as people learn concepts and mature in the field. It's exciting. Absolutely. It's definitely a reason I want to be part of academic orthopedic surgery is education. But I can also assume that given your own experience, you felt like there were some gaps in the resident education Perhaps not technical surgical gaps, but about the fundamental and core knowledge principles of orthopedics. I think that's right. My journey to get to this point, it was not my own. It was with a lot of other people. But I wanted to develop a unified curriculum even back when I was on the AOA exec in the Critical Issues Committee. The board of the academy was at that time really thoughtfully discussing how do we provide value for residents? How do we engage our residents more in our profession? At the same time, the ABOS was talking about how to set more clear standards for residents so they might know what to expect over time. And it just all lined up beautifully with the right people in the right places that this became a possibility. Carol Morris, who's the co-editor, close friend of mine, was actually My first chief resident when I moved to Boston and had done work in oncology and the oncology course was a perfect co-partner for me. But really, it was the association of the ABOS with David Martin and April Armstrong and others who really wanted to have this kind of a relationship. And the real goal was to line everything up together. And that came with a lot of help from Ann Van Heest at the board. And Ann has a real specific interest in setting standards that residents can understand. So this came about along with a linking project 
with between the academy and the board so that there are now questions that sit on the ABOS part one exam in July that go on the AOS in-training exam in November. And that allows us to mathematically link the two exams. And those two exams now have the same blueprint, which is good. And the ROC curriculum basically is born out of that combined blueprint. So the idea is that we have a comprehensive educational resource for residents, irrespective of what program they're in, that teaches the curriculum that is from the blueprint that will be eventually what they have to know to pass the boards. So the idea is teach to the in-training exam slash board blueprint, get feedback through the in-training exam on how one is progressing according to a board standard, and then hopefully go on and pass the boards. That's great. I can't imagine how much work went into getting all of this content. The Academy had quite a lot of content. And one of the really nice things about this project is that as it was envisioned, and I have to give a lot of credit to Courtney Dunker and Heather Bannon, there's a lot of people at the Academy. Anna Troy was my partner in crime on the Council of Education. This is really, truly a group effort of monumental size. But the beautiful part about it is it's a live document. So it's not a textbook, it's not a video, it's everything you want it to be. And the way that it's constructed within a chapter, you can have a video that's in line. We have some chapters on physical exam that the authors were extremely creative and took little videos, five to seven second videos of, here's what a Lachman looks like, here's what a Sperling test looks like. And it's really much better for a resident than just reading a book. So it's a lot more engaging. And all of the resources at the Academy's disposal, for instance, the Operative Atlas of Orthopedic Surgery, which is one of the best books the Academy makes, which has hundreds of different procedures in it, is essentially completely contained within the rock. So if you're in the ACL chapter, you can just hit a button and link out to the PDF of that chapter. You can hit a button and link out to a symposium at last year's annual meeting on controversies in ACL surgery. So it's just the amount of information contained within this is something we've never seen before and likely will never see again. Even in my own brief experience using it a little bit, I think the way it builds is really great as well so that as you get more senior in your training, you need different things out of your live document textbook. So I think it's great that there are so many different types of resources available for different types of learners. I completely agree. Like anything else, it's a new tool and early adopters are going to really find ways to use it to their advantage. Some people I think will be a little bit later in coming to it. My view of it is if you look five years into the future, is not a resident that's not using this as their primary learning tool. It's just because everything's going to be there. We've now linked with eHand resources with the Hand Society. I've got a conversation coming up with Posna to try to link to some of their resources. It's a very open platform and the whole goal is all for one and the one is the resident. So everybody on board to help residents learn. Nobody can argue with that goal. No, definitely not. I think the strategic partnerships with Hand Society and other specialty society is going to be great as well, because if you're a senior resident going into hand surgery, you need something different from your educational resources. So having that is going to be really awesome. I'd love to hear a little bit more about feedback you've gotten from your residents who've been using this on a more daily basis than probably many of our listeners. So the goal when we started was to have this take about an hour per chapter. Now, what you think an hour is and what I think an hour is for content is probably different. 
some of the earlier chapters I tested myself, I went through and read them all, and I averaged about 16 minutes per chapter. Now, I don't have a zero knowledge base. So as I met with the interns today, you know, I was like, well, you know, the chapters are a little long. It takes me like two hours to get through one. And I thought, well, that makes a lot of sense, right? Because when your knowledge base in a topic is just starting out, everything seems new. So you have to look up more stuff. So it is interesting. And I think we're going to get more feedback over time. But I think we probably hit it about right that the average resident will take about an hour, but it's going to be longer for the interns. And the way it's crafted with about 550-ish chapters, our goal in our program is to have every resident get through the entire thing twice. And understanding that the second time they do it, it's not going to be the same as the first time because it's going to be updated on a regular basis because it's a live document. Every year, we'll get new resources for our annual meeting, new articles from the JAS editors, new videos from OVT, and probably pull some older resources off. So as new things come on, other things will come off. The chapters themselves will be revised probably every three years on a rotating schedule. So I think it'll be interesting because the interns that are seeing stuff now in hip and knee when they're fives and doing the same thing, it's going to be a different chapter. That's great. I think in medicine, things are changing all the time. So having this ability to adjust it in real time without printing a whole new textbook is probably also better for everyone, people consuming the information and the people producing it. So that's great. How has the rock been incorporated into your curriculum in terms of lectures or has it taken the place of that or is it more just your residents using it supplementally? So we had a large group of residents involved from the resident assembly to give us feedback on things they wanted and how they wanted to see things. We had a large group of program directors from CORD representing different types of programs, urban, rural, large programs, small programs, so that we could understand and make sure we tried our best to meet everybody's needs. I think we did a good job overall with that. The way we rolled it out with the idea is that different programs may employ this differently. So if you're particularly weak in a subsection or a sub area, maybe this substitutes in for lectures in that area because you don't have a strong lecture program. Maybe it provides the backbone to be augmented with lectures. There's really a lot of ways programs can use it. We have reoriented our schedule to be in the order that the rock goes. So the lectures now go in order of what the rock is the standard calendar. Now, going forward, program directors, if they subscribe to it, are going to have a lot of advantages. They'll be able to effectively assign things however they wish. For us, that means that this year in June, we're going to be having a conversation around how do we employ this? Because before we were stuck with having to give the same lectures to everybody because that's the only option we had. Do we change that now and do we assign the chapters based on the rotation that the resident is on? So when they're on the arthroplasty rotation, they do hip and knee and they do trauma on trauma. Is that a better way to learn or should everybody be together? And I don't know the answer. I think there's a lot of ways that that this can be employed and maybe it's a combination of those things. So I think that it's going to be fun to see how different programs use it and maybe what methodologies seem to be best for the residents. But the program directors are also going to have a lot of tools. Now, that part is subscription. So there's going to be a deal where you get the in-training, res study, and rock all for one, what I think is extremely reasonable price. And the pluses on that are going to be the program director side. So things that I've never been able to do before, I'm going to be able to do. So I'll be able to see how many minutes my residents are in the rock, for instance. 
I'll be able to follow their progress. And even more importantly, if someone's falling behind, because we're going to have baseline numbers on the quizzes that are involved in the rock, over the course of probably a year to two, we're going to have data on how should a PGY2 do on these tests? How should a three do? And people who are lacking, we'll be able to pick this up, I think, much sooner and then remediate them with additional resources. So it really is going to be not just a great resource for learning for the residents, but a wonderful tool for the program directors. And I'm really excited about that. I'm going to see the first mock-ups of the dashboards probably right after the academy or right before the academy, I'm hoping. And we're going to try to roll that out prior to the academic year so program directors will have these tools. You took one of the questions right out of my mouth. There's just such a gap between what residents are doing on their own in self-study and then evaluation opportunities in terms of testing. We take the OID once a year in November and you could do the questions on res study and you get a score, but it's not the same way of evaluating. So I think it's great that there are these pre and post tests and there's going to be a new way for program directors to intervene earlier or more frequently rather than just this once a year test in November to say, oh, you're falling behind, but you don't even know that you're falling behind. And we do, we get surprised. I've got a resident who is very intuitive and takes great care of patients. And then they get a 15th percentile on the intrain. You're shocked, right? You don't know how could this possibly happen, but you start to realize that the in-training exam and the board are measuring a depth of knowledge. That is slightly different than the ability to function well as a resident. So if you work hard, you're personable, you're great with patients, you follow instructions, you're seen as a good resident, but it doesn't equate to having the depth of knowledge required to pass the boards and required to practice independently. And I think this is going to fill in a little bit of what we have not had in the past. Absolutely. So the Rock obviously has many sections. Can you tell us what's already rolled out? What's the rollout plan for the next year or so? So everybody understands the Rock is completely free while you're a resident, whether your program participates or not. Now, the pre and post tests require resident program participation, so they have to be signed on. But the resources itself, all of the data, all the information, the videos, the textbook chapters, all of that is free for all residents while they're residents in perpetuity. The board has very generously agreed to fund that as necessary, which is a wonderful thing and really a nice thing that the academy is doing for residents. The rollout plan is that everything is rolled out right now except tanned wrist, which is one section, and trauma. They're both templated to hit the shelves, so to speak, on February 17th. So by the Academy, everything should be out and available. We've found a few bugs, but actually not too many. Our staff has done a really nice job during the beta testing to figure those things out. So February 17th, it should be a full curriculum. It's not going to look exactly the way it looks right now when you log on, like we're working on getting the table of contents to look prettier. There's a bunch of cleanup plans that we have to make things run more smoothly and easily, but essentially it's all there. And I know we talked a little bit about the partnership with Hand Society, but otherwise there are over 500 authors. There's so much collaboration amongst experts in the field who were interested in developing this project. And I think that really is a testament to how deep and well done this program is going to be and how useful it'll be for residents moving forward. The lion's share of the work is done by the author in trying to create an engaging chapter and put videos in and think about how can I teach somebody this the best way possible? And then the section editors give them input and then the subspecialty editors who developed the table of contents from the blueprint within each of these areas really did a ton of work and reviewed every single chapter. And 
it was really a difficult challenge for the subspecialty editors. So for all the residents who have a subspecialty editor in their program, thank them for all the work they did. It was a lot. It restored my faith in how badly and how devoted orthopedic surgeons are to teaching residents. It was an incredible amount of work. It's continued to be an incredible amount of work as we revise it. But people took it on happily. These are the biggest names in orthopedic surgery in their areas that, that took on a subspecialty editor role for the benefit of the next class of people who were training. I think we as residents are lucky to now have this resource that is compiled for us so we can use it. I look forward to using it. I'm starting my ABOS part one studying. So I'm excited that everything's going to be out soon. So I'll have access to it and I can use it for my own selfish reasons. Well, that's the idea. The idea is we want to fill the gaps and make it as easy as possible to find what you need to learn. What's your hope for The Rock in five years? My hope is that in five years, it looks a lot different than it looks now and that the program director side matures and becomes the tool that I think it can become. And there is a research group among CORD called CORG, and they have some strong leadership and some really devoted folks. And we're likely to do a research project within that group once we're fully rolled out to look at things like, does the score in training and the boards, are they correlated with the amount of time someone spends working in the curriculum? There have been prior studies in other areas, the SCORE program in general surgery. They've shown, believe it or not, that even spending 15 minutes a day in the SCORE program correlated with not being, quote, a resident at risk, educationally speaking. So we don't know what that means or what it looks like, but I think that we'll be able to actually statistically demonstrate value in this product in getting people up to speed. It's the hardest thing, I think, in the world when you start your internship. I had these conversations again just today, but when you're in college and medical school, and let's face it, nobody's getting an orthopedic residency without being really good at taking tests. So the whole, I don't take tests, we know that's a lie, right? Because you didn't get an orthopedic residency by not taking tests well. So all of the people who look at the intrain say, oh, I didn't do very well. I'm not a good test taker. It's not that. It's that the depth of knowledge isn't there. And part of the reason for that, I think, historically has been when you take biochemistry, here's what you need to know. It's in this chunk. And someone says, here's the beginning of the chunk. Here's the end. Know everything in the middle. And we as students going through college and medical school have learned to do that. Then you get to residency and the beginning and the end is infinite. There is no end to what you're supposed to know because- Whatever I know right now, and I think I have a pretty solid knowledge base, like particularly in my area of trauma, I can guarantee that there's somebody amongst my cadre of folks who I talk to on a regular basis who just read something that I don't know and vice versa. And we'll talk about it and say, well, didn't you see that article and whatever? I said, I don't know how I missed that. No, I didn't see it. Tell me about it. And it's ever changing and ever expanding, right? It's like the freaking universe. It's infinite and it's growing. So that I think is the biggest challenge that residents have had because they don't know where to start and it's overwhelming. And I think this gives us and gives residents a template probably for the first three years. Because after that first three years, you sort of get it. You understand where the information is. Hopefully you're reading independent, actual primary literature by your fourth year. But those first three years are really hard to understand what you should know. And I think this will provide some structure that will really have an impact. I'm very optimistic about that. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You come to residency, you don't really know anything. And everyone's like, just figure it out. Here are all the resources. So it's nice to have it all at once. I wish I had it when I was an intern. 
you have the opportunity to reference textbooks, but you don't have to in those first three years where you're just developing the core knowledge, not just the extra stuff on top that you need to know if you're going to be a trauma surgeon, a sports medicine doctor, hand surgeon. I would say to the residents listening, go in and use it and learn how to use it because the depth of the resources in there is absolutely phenomenal. And Studying for the boards, I don't know that you're going to want to go and watch a bunch of symposia videos, but for the more junior and the PG4s, there's so much in there. There's a lot of fun stuff from annual meeting. There are symposia that you can watch, and you get an idea of how fun an annual meeting can be as well. It's just rock.aos.org. You put your resident sign in for your academy, and all those should be in it. For some reason, you can't get in. Just talk to your program coordinator, and they can get in touch with the academy folks because everybody theoretically should be registered based on the emails that we have on the Academy side, but it's there for you to use. So use it. My email is ptornetta at gmail.com. Shoot me an email if you've got a suggestion. We're open to hearing things. On the rock pages, there's a little feedback tab. So if you want to send something to staff and say, hey, the link to this thing doesn't work because I'm sure there's going to be bugs, but also for suggestions. There's a roadmap right now of about two years out of things that we want to add, for instance, the ability for residents to highlight. A lot of people want that. That will be coming. The ability to have a chat with other residents will be coming. But there may be other things that the residents we met with didn't think of that everybody's going to love. We want to hear from you. That's great. So just a reminder, that is rock.aos.org. And you can use your academy login credentials and use the Rock today. All U.S.-based residency programs have access to this and get studying. Thank you for listening to this episode of the AOS Career Podcast, part of the Bombi Orthopedic Podcast channel. For more information on this topic and to hear other conversations on professional development, please visit aos.org forward slash the Bone Beat.